What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike Kay for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show post-game podcast. Eagles beat the Cowboys 17 to nine. No, so 17 to nine. Was that right? Yeah, oh, yeah. That was you, the score. you did it, buddy. I was like, that score sounds so weird. Why would that be the right score? But the Eagles won, and for the first time in what feels like months, Mike and I are going to be mostly positive. I think for this podcast, like both of us combined, the positive level is going to be really high, which. It's not. It's it's, it's an accomplishment for us. But um, the Eagles did win the game fair and square. They beat a Cowboys team that uh, had every chance to win this game. They the Eagles were kind of letting them stay in it all day. When the Eagles probably should have blown them out. Like this was a game the Eagles should have blown them out. Um, but they won. They closed it out again. You know Carson Wentz was really good at the end again. My favorite moment of the evening though occurred in Doug Peterson's post game press conference. Um, Mike wasn't there. A lot of the media wasn't there, actually, because just, like, behind the curtain. The locker room and the post-game press conference with Doug usually happen simultaneously. So one of us has to go to one, and one of us is, stays at the other. That's kind of the only way we can cover all of our bases. Anyway, so the press conference is about to start. Doug is walking into the room, and a guy from the, from the crowd of media, he's, like, sitting in front of the cameras and, like, at the very back row, starts yelling, We beat Dallas! Yeah! Huh? He's like, huh? And then the Doug's like, yeah, I'm just trying to go one and zero each week. Somehow that guy wasn't thrown out at that point yet. By the way, uh, so I, we're all uh, the media that's there, all kind of like looking around, like is it, is this? Because sometimes at like comp press conferences, like a charity thing or like a fan wins something, so they're in the crowd. So I'm like, is that what's happening here? So he, the guy like that was what it yeah. what seemingly happened. Oh, uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I can think of that he would be able to get in. <laughs> um, so the guy like cackled in laughter, like really loudly, um, and then. So then, like, two minutes go by a few questions going back and forth. I'm about to ask a question, Howard Eskin and, like, somebody else are about to. And then he, like, loudly over all of them, which is a good skill to have when you're at an Eagles press conference, being able to talk over people. So, so you're, you're, get, you're meeting with Eli next week. What do you think about that? <laughs> that, that was a, first of all, they're not even going to play Eli next week unless he comes in at the end of the game, I guess. But uh, And then Doug, he handled it really well, actually. He was like, uh, who, who is, is he in the media? Is he credentialed? Uh, we, and then Howard's like, can I ask my question? And Doug's like, let's take a timeout. And D- Dom DiSandro, the, the security guy, escorts them out. And it's just, like, it's just like such a weird moment in the middle of a weird Eagle season. And it's like on the heels of that, that moment from the Sixers game the other day where the fans were yelling at Isaiah Thomas and he went to the stands. Like, it just, there was just quintessential Philadelphia. And after I tweeted about it and wrote about it, just the reaction from fans was pretty – they were pretty passionately for this guy being able to do that. Um, you, you, I mean, you saw all the after effects of it, but like, <laughs> I mean, he was—he's basically an avatar for the fan base. Yeah. You know, they put him in there and they let him kind of vocalize. <laughs> I mean, the, it really was. That's the a great angst, way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so. And I should say, the first people to hear about everything that happened there were on Honor Eagles Extra text message service. And what I a segue, it. Zach. It was a, it was a shameless plug there. Uh, I, I sent it out almost immediately about what happened. Um, we sent out stuff throughout the game. We're going to send some stuff from the locker room that we got uh, that you'll only be able to get on there. So, again, sign up for Eagles Extra. It's free for two weeks. You can get it on NJ.com. We're tweeting about it. Uh, so go to that. But, yeah, let's, so let's get into this game. Um, so the Eagles are still alive. If they had lost, they would have been eliminated. But because they didn't lose uh, and they won, they they contr- now they truly control their own destiny. Next week, if they win, they're in. If they if they lose and the Cowboys lose, they're still in. Um, I guess, I guess what, what did this game change anything about how you feel about the Eagles or the season or or is it still like 
they're not as good as we thought they were, but they're gonna maybe just good enough to get there. I think they're just good enough to get there. I don't know how deep this team can go in the playoffs, yeah. but they definitely have an identity of resilience. Um, there is no panic within this team, like at all. And I think uh, it's very interesting. Um, as much as I tried to get them to, to guarantee that they were going to try to win a Giants game next week, they just – everybody's very determined and focused. They know what they're doing. I said before this game, if the defense holds the Giants to under 23 points, they will win this game. That's exactly what they did. Um, we can talk about the Dolphins game. We can talk about the Redskins the game. Giants game. But the Giants game. Right. But – you look at this game, seventeen points. Yeah. The Cowboys game, seven or the Giants game, seventeen points. Uh, Seattle, seventeen points. Um, New England, I believe, is seventeen points too. Like the, if they can hold teams under twenty points, they're going to win these games. And that's what Jim Schwartz always says too. Just just keep it under twenty, and we can we'll make it happen. Right. And you know what? Look, you brought up they should have blown them out. Jake Elliott missed two of his. Typically good long distance field goals, yeah. so they could have won this game twenty three yeah. to nine. And, and Miles Sanders took a knee towards the end, right? Yeah. And on top of that, the Eagles didn't allow a touchdown in this game. That's a great That's point. Massive, yeah. Um, sorry, I said seventeen. They held them to nine points. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Eagles scored seventeen, but right? Yeah. yeah, but they've held all of these teams under twenty points when they've won. I mean, the New England game and the Seattle game were rough. The defense played great in those games. Right. But when a team can put together something like this, this was one of their more impressive wins of the season. Absolutely. It was dirty, but it was it a was win. it was a win and they played well and they played well as a unit. You know, Malcolm Jenkins and Carson Wentz were very, very complimentary of each other in this game as far from a leadership perspective. You could see it on the field. Malcolm Jenkins was constantly talking and constantly revving guys up. And Carson Wentz was really, really focused in this win. The fact that they lost Zach Ertz in, in the middle of this game. They lost J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in the middle of this game. And they were still able to move the ball. Carson Wentz threw for over 300 yards and completed 77.5% of his passes. This team's 3-0 and with three active wide receivers. <laughs> Like, that's bananas. Like they were it's down to crazy. two for a little bit there. Right. It's crazy, yeah. though. And to think about how resilient... <laughs> Doug Peterson deserves a lot of credit for this, you know? I think this team really buys into the fact that nobody believes in them. And they're trying to prove guys wrong. You know, you talk to Jason Peters in the locker room after the game, and he, you know... He's like, look, everybody's doubting us. Everybody's counting us out. We don't count each other out. We've got each other's backs. Uh, even the guys that typically put their foots in their mouth have been very, very, you know, team-oriented and very smart about stuff. This is a smart locker room. It's a loyal locker room, and they feel like they can compete with anybody, according to Malcolm Jenkins. And if you're watching, they've been in all of these games. I mean, yeah, they lost to the Dolphins. That was a major letdown. It's the reason why they're not wearing One hats right now. One of the worst right losses now. they've had in a long time. It's why they're not winning division... They didn't win the division. Yeah, 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 right. So they control their playoff destiny. We'll get into it a little bit later on in the week about the Giants. That's not going to be an easy out. But to me, this is a team that's resilient. They know that they need to win games that they can win. Um, look, even with this win, I still give them a 50-50 shot of winning the division. Or maybe a 75% chance of winning the division. There's 25% of me that's like, wow, the letdown's coming. 
And it's not being negative. It's not anything like that. The Giants have a good offense. Their defense is putrid, and the Eagles should be able to move the ball against them. And their offensive line is bad, too. Yeah, and their offensive line is bad, too. But remember, they needed to go to overtime at home to beat yep. them last now time around. Eli Manning. Right. Um, and Daniel Jones is a bit of an enigma. If you look at Dwayne Haskins, he put up huge numbers against this Eagles team and played well. Even though he's a rookie, even though he was struggling more than any other quarterback in the league, I just think the Eagles are very determined. They're very focused. And if they can put together another complete win, we will be covering games in January. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I didn't see that happening even a week or two. No ago. kidding, Zach. I mean, I'm, but like, no, there, was I no reason, there was no reason to. Like, they barely beat the, the Red. Uh, you just have to beat who you're playing, and that's what they're doing. Wow. It's been ugly sometimes, but. Like, the Doug Peterson, you know, I think he deserves some criticism for the way this season has gone in some ways, but he's very good at when, when their backs are against the wall. He really does know how to coach his way out of it. Like, he's really good at that. Sometimes their backs are against the wall because of the decisions they made in the first three quarters or whatever. But, um, like, he, I mean, even today, he didn't coach a perfect game by any stretch. No, he I went thought... away from the run. Um, they had a great first quarter, and then they kind of lost the creativity from that. The offense kind of was getting stale. Uh, they weren't able to get anything really going, but the defense kept doing their job. Or, you know, if this was last year, this was the kind of game they would have lost last year almost because there was a lot of games where the defense last year played well and the offense just, like, didn't score when it mattered. Mm-hmm. And this year they score when it matters. I think Carson Wentz is really playing some of the best football of his career right now. Absolutely. At least most clutch for sure. Um, here, let's get into some of the nitty-gritty of this game. Um, so early on, Zach Ertz hurt his ribs pretty bad. It was, like, a pretty big hit early in the game. He went to the locker room. But what you saw was Dallas Goddard, like, kind of showing why the Eagles invested so much in him. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how he's, like, shown flashes over the last few weeks of being, like, potentially a really talented player. Today, he was almost unstoppable. He had nine catches on 12 targets, 91 yards, and a touchdown. It was a great throw on the touchdown. Uh, Carson Wentz threw it over, like, two defenders. It was another, like, classic yeah, red zone. He's really good in the red zone. Um, but Dallas Goddard, I mean, he's just, like, really athletic. He's, as opposed to Zach Ertz, he gets yards after the catch pretty consistently. I mean, how how impressed have you been, especially today with Goddard? I mean, like he looks like a Pro Bowl. There was one drive. Uh, Jake Elliott ended up missing a field goal, but they targeted him like six or seven times, and he just moved the ball like there was nothing they could do. He got he got. It was a Zach Ertz esque drive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he uh, linebacker got assigned to him in coverage. Sorry, bud, you're not going to win that one. Jalen no. Smith is extremely talented, but he is not going to be able to handle Dallas Goddard one on one, as we saw today. Um, I thought this was probably the best performance of his career thus far. Yeah. Uh, nine catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. He's now caught a touchdown in three consecutive games against his namesake, the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Dallas on Dallas, crime. Yeah, he, he likes playing in Dallas. Um, his dad's probably bummed. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think this team knows that if Zach or Tessa miss time, they're more than capable of picking up the that, slack. That position down. more than any other on offense, they can survive. Like, I mean, it's not it's ideal. Easily, it's easily yeah. their best position yeah. on the team. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like Josh Perkins became a bigger part of the offense as a result of Ertz's injury, and he did not really do much with that. I don't know. I don't even know if that's necessarily his fault. They were it's not. almost using him as like the Dallas Goddard or whatever, and yeah. that's not what he's meant to do. He's he's basically a, a large wide receiver. Uh, that said, Zacherts did come back. He caught he four passes in the second half. Um, broke Jason Witten's record for the most catches by a tight end through the first seven seasons of a career. Uh, that's no small feat. Uh, 
like you said, he hurt his ribs pretty bad. If he played through that, that just kind of speaks to his mentality and how he and his toughness. In his toughness, he wants to be out there. He wants to 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 win games, and he wants to be part of the reason why they win games. Let's talk about the wide receivers a little bit because Greg Ward has arrived. Man, it's time. He was, it was there was it was like legit catches. He had the one on the sideline. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a first down. It was like on third and long. Uh, it was two yards short. Of the first. It wasn't his fault, but Carson went through it up the sideline. He reeled it in, got his two feet in. Um, he had a 38-yard catch where he was pretty much wide open, but like Carson Wentz just has a connection with this dude. Well, it's because Greg Ward knows where to be. Yeah, and, and, I, and, that, and he catches it when it's thrown to him. And that's that's part of the reason why... He was a quarterback like two, three years ago. Yeah, know. well, but th- that's part of the reason why Carson Wentz is able to trust him and see him down the field. Yeah. This was arguably a more productive game. Not a better game, but a more productive game than Washington even. I mean, he was averaging over 10 yards a catch for the first time. Yeah. And he, by the way, he, they did a Wildcat quarterback play where he took the snap and ran with it. He gained five yards. I'm gonna, yeah. I was hoping he would throw it at some point, but it's coming. It's and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that a little bit more in the week. I just, sweet, short version of it. They did that to give other teams a look that they now have to prepare for. Um so if they throw him in there, then they think he's going to run it or something. Yeah, run it or pass it. They want – that was clearly an indication of, hey, you've got something extra to study now. So that's like a Bill Belichick type of movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, good coaches typically offer up a look on film so that teams have to prepare yeah. for it. It takes up time. Um, this team is very meticulous with how they set up future opponents from an injury standpoint. I'm not shocked that they did this year. Um if they have a new Taysom Hill, like, you know, I think that Ward's way more athletic, but, like, if he can be that guy, that's that would be he's, huge. He's clearly establishing he deserves not only to be on this team next year, but to have a role. If he keeps us up, like, I know we, we were talking we were talking last week how they just need to bring in talent and then figure out the rest later. At, at the end of the day, I, it would almost – if he keeps us up, again, like, who knows? He costs nothing. He costs so, nothing, yeah. Think he, about he that. You're paying $150,000 this year. He, think about that. He's You're, better than Amari Cooper tonight. But think about it. You're paying – Nelson Aguilar, yeah, $9 million four, to be yeah. in the slot. He's more, produ- he's more productive the last two weeks than Nelson's been since week three when he was healthy. Yeah. Um, another guy we need to talk about who, who we've been critical of, yeah. J.J. Sigal-Whiteside, had two unreal catches the on the first one, drive. The first play of the game, yeah. Yeah, that was a needle throw. Yeah. Like and, he really, and he hauled it in, which he wasn't doing. Yeah, I mean, showed improvement. That's all that we've been really asking to see from him. Is right. I mean, he didn't do anything the rest of the game no. from a receiving standpoint, but... They clearly scripted to get J.J. some confidence. And I think that that's really, really important moving forward. Because against the Giants, you know, they're going to have to make some plays. I mean, look, Janoris Jenkins isn't there anymore. DeAndre Baker is a mess. And if they're going to put another corner on Greg in, in the slot, you've got to take advantage of that matchup. And I think Baker is a good matchup for... Uh, J.J. Arcega Whiteside. I mean, he made the sort of catches that they drafted him to make, which was 50-50 ball. And right, just use him and, properly. And get it. Just yeah. use him properly. Yeah. And Big Bob had his first catch for the Eagles. Big Bob. I don't know where that nickname came it from. Came from Bo Wolf, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, he had a nice catch for a six-yard first down conversion. Um, look, they've got to get these guys more involved. I was really impressed. Carson spread the ball out. He targeted eight different receivers, connected with seven of them. Um, let's talk about Carson because – I'm going to get on my, like, little pre- – we got we got some feedback from the last YouTube video about how we didn't think this was the biggest game of Carson's career. We, we just talked about the phrasing. It's the phrasing yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, 
because this wasn't a win and in game. This was not a playoff game. Yes, this was a must win game, but it wasn't. And, an, and it was an important game. It was an important game. There was just no finality in it. Honestly, I think this Giants game is huge to prove that he can close. That said, Carson Wentz played one of the best games of football that he's played in his career. And he only won touchdown pass. Still. <laughs> he was, look, he was smart with the football. He protected it pretty well. He had the one fumble. That happens. Um, I think that it was like a strip. It was a strip. Kind of I thing. mean, I mean, yeah. still, that's part of the problem, but yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, spread the ball around well. Um, his vision was fantastic. Some of the balls he threw were just so pinpoint. I mean, the, the Goddard touchdown in particular. The Goddard touchdown, he was hitting... It's really hard to actually hit a wide open receiver in the NFL. He was hitting them in stride. Um, I wasn't doing that for the like the Seahawks Patriots. Stretch, you so. you look at the the swing pass, just a simple swing pass that he had to to Miles Sanders in the flat, hit him straight in stride, picked up a, a huge gain on the play. Like there's something about Carson that I think we as as spectators somewhat take take for granted, and it's his ability when he is on to make the offense flow. Like, I think, like, yes, does he have his lulls? Absolutely. The second and third quarter, there were lulls. But something he does very well, when he's in rhythm, he's almost unstoppable. It's incredible. That's why when you see him do those things, there's the elite talk. The problem is, is he's not consistent enough. But when he's on, man, that dude is on. And he can be a top five guy. Dallas Goddard said he thinks he's the best quarterback in the league and that he's happy to have him on his team. I don't know if I'd go that far. He can be happy to have him on his team. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's allowed to. We'll, we'll give it to him. Um, so his final numbers, just, just to put that out there before you continue. Uh, 31 of 40, 319 yards, one touchdown. Six carries for 22 yards. He had a few really impressive runs where yeah, he I was had get some, some jukeability. Jukeability, yes. That's the word of the day. Word of the day. Um, and Miles had a couple of those, too. Here's why that's impressive. They were design runs. Yeah. At least three of them were design runs. Yeah, they, and they that's important though, yeah. because, one, it shows trust in his his legs. He's more. He's almost – he's two years removed from surgery, from knee surgery. I mean, look – He's ready. He looks like he's healthy. He looks like he can make all the plays that he did in 2017. It shows his toughness. It shows his vision on the field. It shows his ability to make decisions um, when in the action, not just as a thrower, but as a actual runner. And I think when it gives the defense, uh, the opposing defense, someone else they have to cover. Right. Yeah. That's why it's interesting to see that Greg they put Greg Ward in the Wildcat because if they're going to do design runs out of direct snaps. That's really dangerous for a team that's undisciplined on defense, like the Giants. Uh, Seattle hasn't been that great against the run either. So I, I think this is going to be one of those situations where the Eagles are going to do everything they can to have teams focus on the running game so they can open up the pass game via you know uh, RPOs or play-action fakes. It's important. You have to establish both areas. And as much as Doug Peterson moved away from the running game in the second and third quarter, I thought he's done a good job in recent weeks of really honing in on the running game in, in the fourth quarter as a closing effort. And I, Miles Sanders is a home run and a half. Yeah, I was, like, I was, gonna, I was really, about to. I was about to transition to him before we get into the defense a little bit. Um, so, like I mentioned, I think they needed to run the ball more than they did. He finished with twenty carries. Most of them came towards the end of the game. Uh, the first half, they had 25 pass attempts, and th they still only s didn't really score that much. So, like, I 
they were controlling the clock, they were controlling the game, and they just weren't finishing drives. And I, I, he was he, so it took like he had a thirty-eight yard rush at the end that probably would have scored if he didn't take a uh, what do you call he called it a it's a Westbrook in my opinion. Well, I, I tweeted out what he called it. What was it called? Um, church something. Yeah, church mode. He said he had to go into church mode and like take a knee. Um, so that like was a large bulk of his rushing. For that, he only had like thirty something yards, but. I still just think they needed to give him the ball more rushing the ball. But anyway, he finished with more than 150 total yards. He had a 29-yard catch. I think you referenced that earlier. That 38-yard run. Like, he's their best big play threat. They're going to build this offense around him going in, in the future, I think, especially because they don't really have anyone locked in at receiver probably. Um, he, he's just a very impressive. And just the way he's kind of come into his own, like I think he needed to go through those struggles he had in the beginning of the year to get to this point. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. Um, here's a weird stat for you. Boston Scott was targeted six times. He caught six passes. He only had seven <laughs> yards. <laughs> wow, I did not notice that. Uh, that's wild. I don't even remember. Well, he had a seven-yard gain, so that means he lost a lot of yards. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's like a mistake because I don't remember him <laughs> catching you that much. <laughs> no, that's probably what. Oh, I know what it was because they, they, they did a few like uh, toss plays. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. They didn't gain anything. Yeah, that's true. That's probably because those look like runs. But yeah. Um, There's like three of those. Let's move over to the defense, yeah. because I think this was the most impressive thing to take away from this game. Coming into this game, Jim Schwartz said this team needs to tackle as a team and as a unit, and that's the way to stop Zeke. Well, guess what? They stopped Zeke because they tackled as a team. Zeke was held to 47 rushing yards on 13 Zeke carries. Zeke kills them, usually. Yeah. I mean, he had some nice moments, but yeah, yeah. like... I mean, well, because it came via him because he's so impressive. Like, they weren't helping him. But guys that normally struggle is, is tacklers, Nigel Bradham, Nathan Gary, both tackled relatively well. I thought the corners tackled pretty well as well. Um, they they didn't really sack Dak Prescott all that Vinny, often. Vinny Curry got his, what, fifth sack? Yeah, his fifth sack. That's actually the second best mark of his career. Jo- uh, Josh Sweat had two tackles for losses and a sack. He, you know, we've talked about him in the past, but him becoming... Even just like a productive rotational defensive end is huge. Yeah, he'll be the number three guy next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people left Vinnie Curry for dead, including us, maybe, and that he wasn't like that big of a deal anymore, or he couldn't be that big of a contributor. But with Derek Barnett being injured and him getting heavy snaps, he's actually played very, very well the last three weeks during this run. Um, Somebody else who I want to talk about is Sidney Jones. Yeah. Sidney Jones made the final play of the game on defense. Broke up a pass. Listen. This dude's clutch. (laughs) Who knew? He did this against the Giants, too. (sighs) He's the guy who won't go away, and I think that's pretty impressive. I I mean, mean, you and I were willing to to sell him for spare points. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is what spurs him into becoming a decent player. Maybe he needed to be benched and told that he was no good. Yeah, like, Ronald Darby making a play in a key moment like that that can do a lot for for a guy who needs confidence boosters. Like, I don't know. I, I I'm starting. It's still not enough. Like, we need to see it over a course of a full game. But like, it started to make me think like, all right, maybe they should try and see what they still have in him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he has the confidence of the room. Malcolm Jenkins speaks yeah. very highly of him. Roddy McLeod speaks highly of him. Uh, you know, and I think that that's very important. That said. I do kind of like the idea of having a committee of corners because you keep the fresh legs. Darby's, like, injured all the time. Before he got hurt, he gave up another big play. Yeah, I mean, I I thought his coverage was fine. He still just gave up. I mean, it it is what it is. He doesn't finish plays. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I think he's – I don't want to say – I'm not saying he's soft, but he is not a – he's a finesse corner to, like, the ump (laughs) degree. 
Well, I mean, you know, there are other finesse corners that do pretty well in this league. Uh, Jalen Mills, I thought, played a very good game. He had to leave temporarily with an ankle injury, came back, made another couple of plays. Rasul got a lot of uh, playing time. Yeah, I thought Rasul played well. Um, Jenkins had a good uh, pass breakup early in the game. He did on third down. Avante Maddox had a really nice pass breakup. The whole secondary played well. Um, A guy that we should also bring up, Anthony Rush, who had a really impressive... Uh, batted pass at the line on, uh, I think it was on third down. Dak threw the ball s- sidearm and he still got up there and, yeah. and batted it. Um, look, they won the turnover battle. Uh, there was a sack, f- or, or no, sorry, it was third and one um, in the third quarter, I believe, right? Uh, and Tony Pollard got an outside pitch and they stopped him on, on third and one and they were in field goal range. But as they were stopping him, Pollard fumbled, and Malcolm Jenkins came up with the the recovery. That was huge. You know, they've got to win the turnover battle. We said that coming into this game, and look at what they've done. You know, Zach, why are you typing during my podcast? <laughs> no, shame, uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, Fletcher Cox forced the fumble. Malcolm Jenkins picked it up. Uh, I guess the good guys won, so-and-so and so-and-so. And so. But look, this Eagles team has just made plays when it's mattered over the last three games. You can talk about how all these teams are sub-500, but they also beat the Packers and they beat the Bills earlier this year. The Cowboys, <coughs> let's say the Eagles bomb next week and the Cowboys beat the Redskins, they will not have beaten another playoff team this year to get to that's the playoffs. I, want, that's, I can't imagine that's happened many times. In yeah, it's league. not. It's very rare. But the Eagles have beaten playoff teams. They beat the Bills in their own house. Then they uh, Before that, they beat the Packers in their own it's house. It's kind of crazy in retrospect. Like, just to think about who the Eagles have lost to and almost lost to and who they've beaten. Right. And I talked to Jason Peters after the game, and he talked about how they gave away the, the Falcons game. They gave yep. away the Lions yep. game. I mean, those are... Two wins that if they win either one of those, they're wearing they hats the right Dolphins. now. <laughs> they did lose to the Dolphins. That like, has don't forget that. That's not lost on me. And trust people me, don't, people don't forget. Trust me, it's not lost on them either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Doug, Doug has referenced that uh, how that was a bad loss. They here's the thing. They talk about like winning games that they need to win. What makes this game in Week 17 different? And that's something we're going to talk about throughout the week because. They should win this game. The Giants have absolutely nothing to play for, although they did just basically lose the Chase Young sweepstakes by beating the Redskins in overtime. So they're going to be gritty. You know, Golden Tate's going to want to show up and show out after he, only he being held. Last time, yeah. yeah, I mean, he was held to one catch for 11 yards. And Darius Slayton destroyed them last game. And Darius Slayton didn't have a catch today. Yeah, that's true. I think he got banged up, but yeah. Say so, la vie. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But I don't I mean, even know what that means. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that applies here, actually. But... Uh, but, but we can we can wrap up here, but you know, where are you at with this team? Like, what, what what's your? I mean, I, this definitely was like a like this this game felt like they won by more than they did, which isn't the way any of their games have gone that they've won recently. Oh, they handedly won this game. Yeah, like there's they, no they only won by a touchdown essentially, but if it felt like they won by a lot more. Whereas the reason why I've been so skeptical of this team is because it it felt like they lost the games that they won a lot of the time, especially again they were not playing well against like I. I've been higher on the Cowboys than you have. I still think they, top to bottom, have more talent on than the Eagles roster as it, at its current state with all the injuries and all that stuff. Here's the difference, and though. This is a too. yeah. This is a much better. Yeah. Like, no, that, 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 that's my point. Like so, I, like I said I thought if the Cowboys played just fine and the Eagles played just fine, the Cowboys would win. The Cowboys played a little bit less than just fine and they lost. Yeah, I mean, I think that like, the Eagles kept them in this game all, yeah. all day. 
I think Dak's hurt. Like, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, bad. I mean, like, he meant, so there was a couple deep throws that he missed that were clear burns. There was yeah. one on Jalen Mills. I don't remember who the receiver was. There's another Tavon Austin burned. Was it Rasul? Yeah, it was Rasul. Rasul. And, and Dak just missed them. And Jalen had the classic. Uh, he had nothing to do with hey, the, man, the pass. I, it's, it's awesome. I think it's like so, so funny that he, he just commits to it. And he acted like he was the reason why I did the finger wag. Like It's, it's like a classic Philly thing that only people in Philly will ever I understand. wish I had the confidence that he does. Yeah, you know oh, what absolutely. I mean? Like the internal like, like, clock like, to be like, ha, ah, just forget about it. It's cool. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I feel definitely feel better at this team after this game. But, again, they went – it took overtime to beat the Giants last time. I think a healthy Giant – with Dak Prescott not being healthy, the Giants' offense kind of almost scares me more. Saquon, it looks like, is back to himself. He went off today. I think he had 50 fantasy points. Um, he had like 150 rushing yards and like 10 catches or something like that. So if he's Saquon, uh, that's scary. They had Terry Slayton, you know. So the point being, this game doesn't mean anything. The Cowboys win doesn't mean anything if they go and lose to the Giants. Correct. This week. And I, I'd say I'm confident they can beat the Giants, and maybe that they will. But it's not like 100% confidence. It's like 60% confidence. Yeah, I mean, you look at it now, the Eagles lead the all-time series for the first time ever, 86 to 85 to 2. Like, that's... So it's destined to get tired, right? right? Also, they've won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 straight games against the Giants. Yeah, so you know it's like the... Like, people bring up Negadelphia, but like, man. I mean, imagine, imagine if... Like, imagine a world where they lose to the Giants and the Cowboys lose to it, so they still get in. Like, that'd be, that'd be the most 2019 Eagles thing that could possibly happen. So, you want to <laughs> get even crazier? Uh, they've won 10 of the last 11 games against well, the Giants. The Giants have been la basura. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that's th- them losing the Giants in 2016 is basically the, I mean, <laughs> biggest black mark on Doug Peterson's career. But, um, yeah, he ruined that long winning streak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, this team's going to be prepared. They're not going to take anything lightly. And look, this team isn't lacking talent. But they're not they're not like a playoff caliber depth chart right now, but they're playing like it. And I think that's impressive. I think that speaks a lot to Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson. There were articles written in columns written about how Jim Schwartz should be fired after off this the, game. <laughs> His defense was as prepared as they've ever been. If like, the Eagles it, had lost this game, it, it, if Jim Schwartz was fired, that would have been blasphemy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Jim Schwartz is, is taken through the ringer and people take we, him for granted we've talked a about lot. This, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. He, like, It'll be quiet for this week. Yeah, but yeah. Then once it happens, then nobody will compliment him for the week and then they'll have a bad game against him. Right. Them. He's going to step up at the podium. He's going to do his he's little... Not a, he's not a perfect defensive coordinator, but there's also not many very good defensive coordinators. He's right. Probably one of Wade the Phillips has given up He's going to get fired. Yeah, I mean, like, fired. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a, a single guy that I would rather replace Jim Schwartz with at this point that would be available. That would be available, yeah. Unless Ron Rivera says, you know what, yeah. I really don't want to be I'd a head coach. I'd rather be a defensive coordinator. Right, yeah. I mean, th- that's really well, like Dan it. Quinn, maybe, like, but they keep winning, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this personnel group yeah, would yeah, be great. Exactly, the... but that's, I'm just thinking, like, big names. But yeah. No, no, I get what you're saying. So, yeah. um, let's put a bow on this, but I'll say this. This was the most impressive win of the, their three-game winning streak. It was the most... Uh, fulfilling from a from a team standpoint, when your spe- two specialists are the worst thing about this game, that's a really good sign. That said, Jake Elliott needs to make these field goals. Like they, they signed him to an extension for a reason. He's six of ten after starting fourteen of fourteen 
this season. Look, 53 and 53 five-yard field goals are not easy to make, but that was his bread and butter for the first two years of his career. So he's been very dependable. Now he needs to kind of like earn that contract. And I do wonder if it's one of those Brandon Brooks things where, you know, it's in his head, he knows he needs to deliver. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think, uh, is that Alex Singleton running down the... Uh, um, anyway, I get distracted easily. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of room for optimism here. I think Carson Wentz played his butt off. Um, this offense is succeeding in spite of its shortcomings. And, you know, hey, we'll see where Zach Ertz is at with his uh, wrist. Yeah, that would be, be something to watch this week. All right, we'll wrap up on that. Uh, again, sign up for Eagles Extra. I implore you. It's a, it's a great time. And we've had some fun engaging with fans. We have. Zach's and actually a lot more interesting via text message. <laughs> you don't have to hear me laugh on there. Yeah, hey. I can send you a voice recording of me laughing. That's if you the biggest into that, benefit. <laughs> Mike has to hear that every day, but he doesn't, but he doesn't have to hear it through text message. Yeah, so it's nice. Neither do you guys. All right, sign up, sign up, sign up. Leave us some reviews, write us some comments, and we'll hit you guys with a midweek pod later this week. 